Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. Joining me today is Angela Ruth Strong, who has actually been a Christian Living contributor in the past, including one of my very favorite cover stories about Love, Inc. in our November-December 2015 edition. By the way, that's one of my favorite cover stories. That's a good one. Probably because it's how I met Kimber Shaw, who has since become a really good friend. But that's not why Angela's joining me today. You see, we shared a portion of Angela's story in our May-June 2020 edition. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. Angela, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. How you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, happy to be here, happy to be alive. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I just want to take a, a moment to say that we are so appreciative of any and all of our contributors. So at this point, I'd like to thank you again. I know you came to um, one of our open houses, but I have, you know, 50 people there and I don't get a lot of one-on-one time. So thank you again for for the time, talent, and energy that you you actually donated to Christian Living Magazine. What most people don't know is that all of our writers are volunteers, um, we have a we have a paid professional editor, gay, but all of our writers donate their time, talent, and in many cases their expertise. In the case of like our CPA and and the different ones, and so um, we just really want to gratefully say thank you because we wouldn't have Christian Living Magazine if it wasn't for people like you. Well, it's my pleasure, and I do believe that stories change lives, so I like to tell the good, the good ones. Yeah. Absolutely, and you do it well. Thanks. So. Um, so writing happens to be one of your talents. You're actually a professional author. I am. So what kind of novel? You write novels. Yeah. My latest was a romantic comedy, so kind of fun stuff. One of them was just uh, made into a movie, which I think we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, Hallmarky type movie. Um, I have a kids series. I've gotten to speak at schools like Cole, Christian, and um, I've just had a lot of fun with it. So um, are they all romantic comedy? Well, you said you write kids kids yeah, stories. Yeah, so I had a kids series. Um, I have a romance series. I have some suspense I've done. And then I have a mystery series. And so the, the final one just came out this last month. And it, it this is a good time of year to read it because it is set during October. And there is some breast cancer awareness in it as well. Okay. I couldn't not include that. Absolutely. Not with your story. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this movie. Because now, you know, it's it's funny. I, I follow you on Facebook. I follow your we're friends on your personal page. I follow your author page. Um, does that make me a stalker? Maybe. Anyway, um, so I've I've been a, it's been fun to watch the process, but a lot of our listeners don't know anything about it. So tell us about your book that's being turned or has been turned into a movie. All right. Well, it started with my debut novel, which is Love Finds You in Sun Valley, Idaho. And that came out in 2010. And it was part of a series of books set all across the country from all different authors. So a lot of them were big name authors. I was a newbie. So I was just kind of washed away with that um, 
And it was amazing because I got to do Costco book signings. I had a hardback book edition. And then it got optioned for film. And some of the movies got made, or some of the books got made into movies. And mine didn't. Not that one anyway. But I I was just over the moon about it. Just the possibility of that happening. Um, So I ended up making it a series and I wrote a sequel. I got the rights back and I turned it into Finding Love in Sun Valley. And my hero in that book had four brothers. So I wrote each of their love stories the second one I wrote, Finding Love in Big Sky, is the one that got made into a movie. And that was optioned for film before the book even came out five years ago. So every year it's like, we're going to make it this year. We're going to make it this year. And my hope kind of started dwindling a little bit. And so I was actually at Walmart in January or February February of this year. And I got a phone call from my publisher saying they start filming tomorrow. Woo-hoo. And I was so not prepared for that. But I was like, I have to go there. I have to be part of this. Um so my husband and I got to go up to Montana where they filmed in Bozeman, and we got to be part of the Cowboy Ball, which um, was like my dream from the very beginning. Like I was like, if this was made into a movie and I got to be an extra, what scene would I want to be in? And so we got to get dressed up, which is one of my favorite things to do, and dance at the Cowboy Ball. How fun. How fun. So when will it be released? I'm still waiting to find out about that. Because um, I want to have a premiere here. I want to actually show it in a movie theater. The owner of Overland Park Cinemas saw that it was made into a movie and contacted me and said, should we show your movie? And he's actually a friend. And my husband proposed at his movie theater with a little slideshow he'd made about us. So I was like, how fitting that would be to get to go back there and show Mm. my movie. And the actors said they'd love to come up. So I don't know if that's going to happen. But how fun would that be? That would be awesome. I'll have to really follow your pages. (laughs) (laughs) How exciting. How exciting. So will it be a a theater release? No, it'll be on television and they're still working out the deals with what channel um, or what streaming. I'm not sure yet. I'm waiting to find that out. And um, then definitely I'll be letting everyone know. I just think that is so cool. It is so cool. And from your very first book, there have been... hints. that's, you know, that is phenomenal. I don't think people understand how rare... That is. It just, you know, first of all, how many people have written books that never, um, someone very dear to me has written a phenomenal murder mystery mm-hmm. and um, decided to do some rewrites and is, I, I keep encouraging them, find a publisher, find a publisher. This book needs to see the light of day. And so hopefully they will someday. But anyway, I just think that that's way too cool. So. Oh, it, it was so fun. And my son's at film school right now in Portland. And so I was able to tell him about it. And and I've seen, I've watched the movie seven times now. <laughs> they they sent me a link to watch it. It's not completely finished. Like somebody will be walking away and it'll, at the bottom, it'll say, add voiceover. I'll be right back. So they're still working on that. But um, it's just been such a joy. And to know the stories behind the story, like there's a scene at the end where they get on the horses and ride away. But at that time, in the barn behind them, uh, some construction workers came in to pour a cement floor. And the horses were a little startled. And the horse trainers were like, no, we can't let the actors back on these horses. It's uh, dangerous. We don't know what's going to happen. They're scared. And so they actually just pretended to be riding horses for that scene. And you can't tell in the shot, but it was it's so funny to know that they're just faking it there. And we got a big laugh out of it when it was filmed. I, I love that. So, yes. So my oldest son 
has been in Hollywood for 22 years. Really? And so, yeah. And so some of some of what we think we see on television and in movies would just blow you away, like pretending you're riding a horse and you can't tell that they're not. And right. So that's and really cool. During the filming process, it's interesting how often they're scrambling to make things happen, like where they were pouring the cement flooring. That's where we were supposed to have the cowboy ball. But who they rented the barn from didn't have any control over when the construction guys came so we actually filmed the ball up in the loft of that barn, and it was tiny, and we were all squeezed in there. But just the way they decorated it, it came out beautifully. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I can't wait. That's fun. That's so fun. So you alluded to why you're here. So with, with a magazine and even with a radio show, sometimes you have to be intentional with your timing of stories. And as we have gone through this month, I, I kept thinking, it's it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I, I really need to have... And and then it dawned on me in the middle of the night, insomnia is a great thing. In the middle of the night, I went, Angela. <laughs> Duh. Anyway, um, and and thank you so much because you were wonderful. I instant messaged you because I forgot I had your email address and you immediately, yes, I'm available and, and here you are. So, um, <clears throat> so in 2020, um, in the spring of 2020, our editor Gay had the opportunity to sit down with you and you shared a big chunk of your journey up until that point there there were things that happened after that but up until that point but you were actually diagnosed with breast cancer in October of 2019 yes October or November I can't remember the actual date I remember going in for the mammogram and then they took me in for an ultrasound and they said okay we're gonna have to schedule a biopsy and I had to sign a form that I understood that and I remember writing down the date and thinking is this going to be a date I remember for the rest of my life and I think I intentionally forgot it because of not that. Forget, I'm not remembering this yeah. date. So um so as as you shared with Gay you chose to to make your battle with cancer very public. And you shared it on with Caring through Caring Bridge which um yeah, I stalked you there too. Maybe I am a stalker. <laughs> Maybe I'm one of your biggest fans. I don't know. Oh, funny. <laughs> but um, I was I was really impressed by that because um, our family has our own experience with that. Not everybody chooses that that direction, and and I marvelled at that. So um, how did how did going so public and using something a platform like Caring Bridge how did that impact your journey? For me, it just overwhelmed me with love. I was overwhelmed with. Um, the response I got, people offering to throw me hat parties because I was bald and uh, making me stained glass butterflies. I think that was mentioned in the article. Um, I I have a P.O. box address on my newsletter that I send out, and it just got flooded with socks and lotions and handmade items. And um, for me, it was really healing because I'd come from this past experience where I felt like I had to earn my love. And then going through cancer and just being transparent about it and transparent about who I am and not being able to do anything. Like, I mean, I've never looked worse. I've never felt worse. I've never done less. Like, I pretty much just sat and stared at the wall most days because um, I had no energy to move and no, my brain was all foggy. I couldn't mm-hmm. really think. Um, and then just being loved more than I'd ever been. That was that just brought me so much freedom. And that's what I want to be able to offer in my books and in my life to others. Just love for who God created them to be, not, not what they do. Yeah. Um, you touched lightly on um, chemo brain. It's a real thing. 
Yeah. (laughs) So I, I was trying to, at first I was trying to push through. I had five months of chemo. The first three months were, you know, a pain, but they didn't wipe me out the way the last two months did. Um, so I try. I kept working. I work at the airport, and then I kept trying to um, be able to teach on writing. <laughs> and it, I got to the point where, because I teach on write that book, which is on Facebook, and I was supposed to do this hour long online class, and people join and watch. And um, so I, I prepared. I taught for an hour. It took everything out of me because I said during that time, I said it's not that I can't do anything, but I can only do one thing a day. So that was my one thing that day and then when I got to the end it didn't show up and I'd accidentally posted it on the wrong site and oh. at that at that time I was like I put all that work into that I and then I that's where I was like okay chemo brain I'm not even gonna try right now because it's a lot of effort and it's not even working yeah so yeah it hit hard it is hard it is hard especially when you usually fire on all cylinders and yeah <laughs> I wouldn't say that <laughs> Yeah, 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 you know. So um, one of the things, too, that, that I noticed um, as I was following along it was that you were thanking people for the advice that they were giving you. People, yes. actual survivors who had walked the mile and knew what they were talking about. Yeah, they say it's the best club you never want to be a part of. And so I was given, um, I think it was a pastor's wife who brought me this breast cancer Bible, and it had been passed from survivor to survivor and they each wrote a message in it and left their emails and so she brought me that and um, I was able to read through that and put hearts next to the verses that meant something to me and then write a note and I I actually just passed it on to Connellan Cosette who is a biblical fiction author and she's going through it right now so I was able to write my words of encouragement and and I find that what I have to offer to people going through it now is I say I not only pray for your survival I pray that you are blessed through this because God can use it. That's and he does, you know. Um, yeah, we we um, spoke briefly on our on last week's show. I had been reading a book on Romans eight twenty eight, and it said, you know, where it's, God promises that good will happen for those who love Him. It doesn't say it will be good. Mm. There will be tough times. There will be hard journeys, but it will be used for good. And you're definitely doing that. But what a thoughtful gift! I saw on one of your posts, or maybe it was even mentioned in the article this breast cancer survivor's Bible. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I have to confess, I went online because I know several who have who have fought this fight. And I went online and tried to order one and couldn't find it. Now I know why, because <laughs> it's a traveling Bible. It's, oh, an, it's one copy. It's been around but, a while. But, but what a thoughtful thing to start. Yeah, you yeah, know? for sure. And so that's that's way cool. That's a great idea. I love how your husband, Jim, has been like your biggest cheerleader. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think in the beginning he cried more than I did. Um, he just cared so much. And it was hard. He, he'd lost an aunt to breast cancer. I lost my grandma. She died at my age. I never met her. Um, so we both had this history with it. Um, and yet... He'd been struggling with God going into that. And then when that hit, he's like, you know what? I need God. I can't do this on my own. Yeah. Um, so it was hard, but it was also really good for him. What advice do you have for husbands or or sisters or moms mm-hmm. or um, even best friends? What, what advice do you have? How, how can people be there for you? And I think sometimes that's even harder than having cancer yourself because I didn't have to do anything. I was told chemo is your job. 
Don't worry about anything else, which was really hard when um, my breast or not my breast, my blood counts lowered so much that I couldn't get a treatment of chemo. I was like, I can't even do my job. Um, But mostly it was just just surviving for me, whereas they had to take care of me. He he would, you know, listen, listen for me throwing up in the bathroom so that he could be there. Um, but especially going into COVID, he was very scared because I was told at one point you could die from the common cold. Your blood counts are so low. And so he cleaned our, my house has never been cleaner. (laughs) He cleaned our house. He rallied the troops, like all his friends and he has a lot of support uh, systems as well. So they brought us food and he just, um, and I think that overwhelmed him too, with just all the love that we both received through it. So advice to someone, um, and I know, like you said, not everybody reaches out the way we did but for us that really lifted the burden from our shoulders and he reached out to husbands who'd been through it and um they were able to support him in a way that i couldn't that's cool so he didn't try to do it alone either right so that's that's awesome i love that i love how you build community because i've watched and you do it you do it in all aspects of your life i you do it with your writing circles you do it you did it through cancer You, you just you build great community I love people. Yeah. And then that, and it shows. So, um, so you're in remission. I am cancer free. Completely cancer free. Yeah. And it, I was afraid to believe that was going to happen because um, I had the chemo, then I had a double mastectomy. And they said, if we find any cancer left in this mastectomy, then you, you'll have to be on the chemo pill for a year. So I was afraid to hope that it was completely gone. But the people around me had such faith. My my dad said, well, call me when you have the good news. And then when I did get the good news and I started calling people, my mom said, oh, I forgot we didn't know that. <laughs> they just all believed. They just believed it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I really felt like I, in past experiences, I'd felt like I was the woman with the issue of the blood hanging onto the hem of Jesus's garments, like kill me. But through this, it was I was like the lame man lowered through the roof by my friends. They really carried me. That's awesome. I love that. And what a great analogy. What a great analogy. Um, so you kind of alluded to it. So how has how has beating breast cancer changed your outlook on life? Um, well, I've I've actually struggled a little bit. Like I'm still here. What am I supposed to do? Um, and then I went through a lot of transition recently. My baby graduated the same weekend. My grandpa died, oh. and I'm like. This is I feel like, I feel a little bit like Nemo when he swam out into open water to touch the butt. I don't know if you've seen that scene. That's a <laughs> yes. boat, but and I was like, I feel like I'm in open water, but at the same time, I'm like, this could be a huge adventure. You know, the people I'm going to meet along the way, the way God's going to use me. Um, so I'm excited about that. That's cool. And you're open to being used by God, and that's yeah. big too. So you're are you back to work? I am. Yeah, I'm working at the airport. I'm writing more books. Um, I'm traveling to speak a little bit. I'll be in Seattle at the end of the month. That's cool. That's cool. So what advice do you have for someone um, who might be in a position of needing testing or Mm. afraid to be tested or who has just gone through that scary test? Any advice? It is scary. Um, my advice would be to get tested because the sooner you find out, the better. And I do know two men this week who are both going in for surgery for breast cancer. So it's not just women. That's a great um, point. Yeah. So get your mammograms, um, reach out for help. And for anybody on any journey, whether it's breast cancer or whatever dark moment you're, be fa- you're facing as a writer, 
when I write a story, my job is to make the character's life worse and then worse and then worse and then the worse because the darker that black moment, the more powerful the story of overcoming. And so I've been in spots where everything is going wrong and then I blew a tire and I'm stranded on the side of the road and I'm pointing at heaven saying, I am on to you. You are giving me this black moment so that I can have a more powerful story of overcoming. And so that's the advice I give to other people. Yes, life is tough. Yes, life is hard. But God has given you the exact gifts you need to overcome them. And he's there for you. He's not ever going to leave you or forsake you for sure. Um, are there things you would have done differently? Oh, I'm sure always. Um, I think I would have gone in sooner because I actually felt that lump. And um, I mentioned it. I was like, do you think I should go in? And Jim was like, yeah. And then my gynecologist had retired. Um, so I couldn't go into him. So I tried to schedule my own mammogram at the hospital. And they said, well, you need... Um, to be referred by a gynecologist. So then I had to find a gynecologist. So it took me a while to get in. Um, and I, It's sad that they make it too complicated. <laughs> and I think there are easier routes. I think like maybe the mammogram van, you don't have to have a referral. Um, and this was my very first mammogram. I'd never done it before. and I'm, That's right. I forget how young you were. Because there's a little age. I'm a little older than you. So for, the, yeah. for those of you listening, yeah. I'm 43. I was 41 when I was diagnosed. And yeah. um, so I went through it when I was 42, which is the age my grandma died. And yes, that is young. Very young. Yeah. So I did get um, the the gene testing, which I encourage if you have it in your family. Um, and my daughters went in with me when I got my genetics tested, because if I had the gene then it would affect them as well. And they'd yes. have to. And I, I didn't have the main two genes. Um, but I do encourage my daughters, you know, get started young. Yeah. And and it is a from from our own family's experience, I can tell you what a relief finding out that you don't have that gene. Yes. That is that is almost like getting at least in our family it was almost like getting a cancer free diagnosis because right. it was so freeing for our granddaughter. Oh good. And so yeah. yeah. So yeah. So um we're 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 coming down to the wire here. So tell can you share with our listeners where to go to learn more about your books, your movie, and maybe even your cancer journey? Yeah, I am online at www.angelaruthstrong.com. I'm probably most active on my Facebook group, which we have a lot of fun there. Um, my my uh, followers help me with my stories. So if you want to be a part of my journey that way and even have input, in, input into my books, that's really fun. I also have a newsletter that goes out every week. Um, right now, there's because I always have giveaways and stuff. So right now, there's a big uh, Christian fiction scavenger hunt going on that you could be a part of, win over fifteen hundred dollars in prizes that way. Um, and then I have all my movie information out there as well on my website. And and uh, I'm trying out TikTok. It's hard. <laughs> You're a hundred miles ahead of me on that. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> That's too cool. Angela, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing um, about your story because um, it's it's powerful and, it, and it's full of hope, which is what at Christian Living we try to be, hope and encouragement. So folks, that does bring our time to an end this week. If you'd like to read Angela's victory story, simply go to our website, christianlivingmag.com, and under past issues tab, scroll down I can't even talk today. Scroll down to our May-June 2020 edition. We invite you back next week when we promise to have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. 
This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.